And we're back. We are back. Wow. Okay. Let me take a second here to just reset because this is a big subject today on Dear Anxiety. This is, we're talking about emotional resilience today. Now, just so you know, Dear Anxiety is a show where we talk about our thoughts and feelings and how we relate to them. It is, and I don't know why I have to enunciate that, but I guess I had to. I, I don't know, because I'm taking addiction class, and I had to. It's very important. Not, not addiction, but addiction class. A lot of people thought I have an addiction. <laughs> I don't. So you might. I might have you an might addiction. You might have an addiction to diction. You know? I, that's true. I, I really do have that. But let me just say to you that that was my partner, Rini Jane. She's going to join us in a second. But today's show is a big one. It's about emotional resilience. And really, even what does that mean? What does it look like? What does it feel like to be emotionally resilient? And we're going to play you some clips. We're going to talk to an expert. We have a lot planned. Because on this show, not only do we talk about these things, are we ponder the idea of emotional fitness, we show you how to practice it. So it's like a little part podcast, part gym, part emotional gym. Think of it that way. Or don't. It's fine. We're just happy to have you here wherever you're listening. Now, my partner specializes in resilience. She has a company called GoZen.com, GoZen, and GoZen teaches resilience skills to kids, parents, schools all over the world, but it teaches in a very specific way. It teaches through animation and creative play, interactive play. And I can't think of anything better. There's nothing better than that. Nothing, nothing, nothing. And she studied applied positive psychology at the University of Pennsylvania with the father of such, Dr. Martin Seligman. She's here today. And Rini, you were telling me something. It's very interesting, I thought. And it was about hurt. Because we always like to start with hurt. Yeah, it's always a good place to start, right? Mm-hmm. Pain. Mm-hmm. Let's bring it. <laughs> bring the pain. House of pain. Bring the pain. Mm-hmm. So... Honestly, I never realized growing up that when I was in pain and when I would get hurt, my feelings would get hurt a lot by other kids or someone in my family, that there was anything to do about that. Now I'm I'm doing the diction thing. To do about that. <laughs> so the diction <laughs> I, thing. So listen, I, I didn't know. I thought like that person hurt my feelings and now my job is to be hurt. But I had a super interesting conversation recently with an expert that's coming up on event, an event we're having called the Confident Child Summit. And Ed, as you know, at Gozen, we throw these free summits. And so I hope that everyone that's listening is able to check out confidentchildsummit.com. But what I want to talk about is that the very first speaker at that event, his name is Brooks Gibbs, and he gave me such pause when we were interviewing, when I was interviewing him, he is a resilience educator and he teaches kids what to do when you are being hurt by others, when kids are being mean to you. And he even talks about victim proofing kids. He has a hashtag at something like rethink bullying. So I asked him about bully proofing kids and bully proofing schools. And I would love to play a clip to just hear what he had to say about that. Yeah, that would be great. I, I listened to a few things and they're fantastic. He's great, very powerful. Shall we play it? Let's take a listen. As I say, if we victim proof students, we bully proof schools. Mm. I think that's a softer way of saying something very similar. Uh, that the mm-hmm. focus needs to be on victim-proofing children. I mean, just think about this. If a kid is not offended, there's no conflict. And so we really need to lower the importance of these petty offenses. 
where kids can just brush it off. No big deal. Ain't no thing. It's all good. Shoot. Haters going to hate. I'm not going to drink the haterade. You know, if we can help them, their hearts or their emotional state be impenetrable to the mean words and actions of others, then that's great. Which means emotional resilience is really a practice in raising a child's frustration tolerance. That's the technical term for it. Their ability to kind of hang in there with people who are mean. And so that's what I do. I teach children how to have patience with jerks and how to respond to them in a way that shuts them down. And it's very empowering. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? It is amazing. You know, here's what I like about, not only the concept of that, I like the way he expresses it. I'm trying to teach people how to deal with jerks. I like that he's not he's politically He's like, correct. I'm not going to drink the haterade. Did you hear the haterade? haterade? I, I love, love that. I love that he talks in a language <laughs> that's like a person. He's not talking down. He's not talk- he's talking. He's talking in a, in a casual manner about an emotional subject. And I like that. There's something about that that's really cool. I think there's too much jargon in the world. And I, I like that he's calling it jerk behavior. Yeah. And it's so fascinating, the work that he does, because he's not trying to work with that kid, you know, that he's calling a jerk. Now, of course, we have compassion for that kid as well. But he's not trying to work with a quote unquote bully to get them to reduce their behavior or change their behavior. What he's doing is increasing the frustration tolerance, as he says, of kids and teaching them that they have some power in this situation. When they're being hurt, you know, which brings us back to what I was saying about when I was growing up, I just felt powerless and like, oh, you hurt me. So now I need to be hurt. Right. Because there's nothing going on inside where you know it's okay to say to yourself, I'm not going to give in to this. I'm happy no matter what. I'm okay no matter what. If I feel these things, but, but I'm, I'm okay. They can say what they want to say. It's just that I don't agree with them inside. So I don't have to go along with it. So I don't have to feel hurt all the time. Yeah, it's so funny. So, you know, when I was interviewing him, I was asking him, okay, so you're teaching kids these techniques not to be as hurt, to take their power back, right? And to when you're getting in a situation where someone is being aggressive or verbally, verbally aggressive towards you, here are the things that you can do. But what if you're doing these things? Like what if, so Ed, say something to me that's unkind. Wow, it's not easy for me to do, (laughs) you know, you know, well, well, what are you thinking? You cut me off in traffic. What are you thinking? How can you drive like that? That's crazy. Yeah, you're right. I it is a little bit crazy. I'm I'm sorry. Okay, so you know, this is a little example. We'll give you longer examples of kind of taking your power back and sort of not being hurt by the words. So I said to him, listen, you can teach a kid to say those words because basically what I did, and I'm sure you'll absolutely recognize this, Ed, is I used yes and, a very yes. powerful improv technique, right? I didn't disagree right. with you. I leaned into what you were saying. And, you know, at that point, there's like not a lot to say back. But I said to him, listen, what if you actually do that? What if you teach a kid how to lean in and say yes and agree with a person that is hurting their feelings, but inside, in your heart, you still feel hurt? And he had such a beautiful thing to say. I want to play another clip, if that's cool. Great. This is Brooks Gibbs. If this person is really hurt by the words, you can do another layer uh, that school psychologist Izzy Kalman calls winning and losing. When he calls you that name and your feelings are hurt and angry, do you feel like a winner or do you feel like a loser? I feel like a loser. That's right. And when you feel like a loser, how do they feel? They feel like a winner. That's right. Do you want them to win every time they mess with you? No. Do you want to be a perpetual loser? Of course not. 
well, then let me give you some advice. Don't get upset. I mean, all they're trying to do is upset you. They may make fun of your face, your race, your religion, or your mama. Uh, they're just trying to upset you. And if you get upset, you lose. So we're playing towards the child's conditioning to win. All children are conditioned to win. And when they look at it that way, they realize, oh, I'm, if he's just trying to get me upset, I see. It's a game. It's a game. You teach it like a game. Yeah, and I, I like the fact that it's winning. It's a winning and losing game. There's a power struggle going on. But I think if you say to yourself, I'm a winner, I'm winning, that as a mantra, you know, you, you say it because you, you, you can highlight these things in a certain way. I mean, I, I think that that's a possibility. I just think the concept is, is great. Somebody's trying it's to win. Amazing. Are you going to let them win? Are you going to let them win? So, you know, many lifetimes ago, I worked in a technology company, had this tech company with my brother, and it was a very interesting company. But basically, we catered to trade shows. Now, people who are attending trade shows that need technology, have you ever seen those technology memes where someone is like kicking the computer or throwing it out the window? Yeah. That's every person at a trade show basically <laughs> with their tech. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. ah, this isn't working. And so I used to play this game because people would call us angry for whatever reason. And I used to play this game where can I make the angry person laugh? Like, because it was on the phone. And so that was in my head. That was my game. I'm going to not just bring them off the ledge of anger. I am going to get them on my side to the point where they're, we're laughing together. And I made it a game. And if I didn't do that, I probably would have ended up crying on every single one of those calls because people were hurtful. You know, they would mm. personally attack you and mm. tell you that you weren't competent mm. and your company is the worst. And how could this be happening? And, you know, sometimes it was a matter of plugging the power cord in or you know whatever, something simple. But it didn't matter. It did not matter what they came with. What mattered was, in my mind, I made up this game and I was going to win. Hmm. So, and how did that work? It worked beautifully. Huh. They would funnel all these calls to me internally in our, you know, we had at, at the time, maybe there was like 10 of us in the business and, you know, someone would call and they would be angry and we would rate them, be like, oh, we got a like a level eight on the phone. Are you going to take it, Rini? I'm like, oh, yes, <laughs> give it to me. I'll take it. Wow. I want to bring that person down. And so I just remembered that. I learned that, you know, much, much, much later in life. Because hmm. when I was young, of course, I never played any game. It was just like I was, if you're going to, again, insult me or tease me or be what I interpreted as mean to me, then I was just going to feel bad. Well, I think adults have that too. I mean, I think it's not only a kid thing. I think there are grown-ups, including myself, walking around who have those experiences inside. So it's a twofold thing. It's what's the concept about? It's about winning and losing. And are you going to win or are you going to lose? And you don't battle it. You don't take it on. You don't battle it. Somebody's trying to do something. You can agree. There are a lot of different kinds of techniques of ways to communicate with people who are doing things to you or saying things about you. But there's also something that you can say to yourself internally, which is, I'm a winner. I'm winning. I'm winning. I'm winning this game. This is so interesting too, because when you're laying out, you know, you can do this or you can do that. I'm hearing choice again, that like there are choices for you when this is happening. You are not as a child or a teen or a tween or an adult disempowered. 
when someone is doing this to you. And again, this is the basis of Brooks Gibbs' work and what we talked about for his interview for the Confident Child Summit is really about developing a sense of emotional resilience by practicing these things. And it was funny, sometime during the interview, I just said to him, why are people mean to each other sometimes? You know, like, why are kids mean? And he had something so interesting to say, and I was hoping we could play that clip. Oh, yeah. Okay. Here's Brooks Gibbs again. Interesting guy. There's three reasons why people are mean to you. They're trying to, you know, bother you. That's what we call bullying or psychological dominance. They're trying to joke with you. That's what we call rude humor. Uh, They're not trying to hurt you. They're just trying to be funny. Or they're hurt by you. That's what we call victimization. And, and I, have a, I have like an aggression trifecta where I've got those three circles, you know? And, and if we can teach a ch- child, why do you think they're being mean? Are they just trying to bother you? Well, then every time you get upset, they win and you lose. But if it's they're trying to joke with you, well, then laugh. You know, don't get upset, just laugh. They're making a joke, then laugh. And if you can, take and make a joke about yourself. They're making fun of your belly fat. You could say, hey, you know, I don't have to wear a sweater in the winter. It's awesome. I like food. I'm like a human crock pot. I give the greatest warm hugs. An uh, emotionally healthy child is okay and comfortable with the flaws that they have and know that they might be used in exaggerated form for a good punchline. But that mm-hmm. third circle is the hurt. When someone's hurt by you, it's not about they're trying to bother you per se. And it's not like they're trying to be funny. They're hurt by you. So they process something that you did in a way that really hurt them. So we have to teach children the art of an apology. How to simply say, are you mad at me? I am sorry for that. And that backs them down that gets you out of a fight. Are you mad at me? I'm sorry for that. That makes a, a lot of sense. And you're, again, rather than making up a story about, well, I must not be a good human being, you can just say, did I hurt you? Are you hurt by this? I'm sorry for that. That's fine. That's a, a great way to repair, a quick way you know, to repair. I, I, like, I like what he's saying. And I also like that he, you know, and you'll see this if you, you sign up for the, the Confident Child Summit at confidentchildsummit.com and you sign up and you'll, you'll hear speakers like Brooks Gibbs, but all different kinds of speakers on the subject of confidence. And his particular specialty is emotional resilience and victim proofing, what he calls victim proofing kids. It's, it's amazing to me in that last clip we pay, played about why kids are mean. And he was talking about, you know, if you have a pot belly and someone says something about it that you should really be able to receive it. And that is emotion, you know, it's an emotionally healthy thing to be able to receive it and almost be able to be the punchline sometimes of a joke. And that's hard for anybody, forget a kid. But what I find remarkable is that you can teach that skill, you know, that you can teach the skill of having some humor about yourself, about about self-love and owning your flaws and your imperfections as part of your humanity and part of who you are. I think it's such a beautiful thing to teach because at first, you know, as a parent, you might have a knee-jerk response. Wait a second. If anyone ever said something like that about my child, like that would, I would not be telling them to laugh it off, right? And I don't think that's what he's saying. Do you, is that what you took from what he was saying? No, Ed? no. He, he's just, he's just saying the same thing though is true that it's it's not the end of the world and the reason why they're making it look behind the reason they're, they're making a joke they're laughing they're not trying to hurt you it's not a an intentional hurt and it certainly is the thing that i'm most familiar with i mean i am the you know that is my my skill in life is making fun of 
myself and the things that are uncomfortable for me. And, and so, but then when you're making fun of it, are you feeling actually bad inside and sad inside, or have you actually released that kind of stuff? You know, when you're, you so you're poking fun at yourself, but really then I see, you know, are you going home and you're like, oh my goodness, I actually, you know, whatever, I don't like my fingernails or whatever. You know, I just learned it, it, it became automatic for me. And I suppose it was a survival mechanism. And then I turned it into a career. And so it became kind of an automatic thing. So I would say that there certainly needs to be some consciousness around it. And I haven't practiced the consciousness part as much, I would say. Mm, okay. So you do but need we, to practice it. See, the great thing about being having my partner, Ed, on this podcast is he is an improviser, among many other things. And he is a master at, at doing what Brooks is teaching. So I would love to maybe try a role play where you know, I come at you, right? Mm -hmm. Ed, this is going to be hard for me to do too, but we'll be in role play. So it's okay. okay. And that you are maybe using yes and as a technique, or maybe you're using another technique to, to not allow me to have power over you. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Happy, okay. happy to do it. And don't, you don't have to worry about, you know, just, just do it, do what you do. Okay. Let me just preface this by saying I love Ed. You guys all know that I do. <laughs> yeah. This is hard for me to do. Okay. All right. Dude. Good. Let's go. Yeah. Go crazy. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Let's get ready to role play. So Ed, it looks like you haven't been using enough oil of Olay because you're like crinkling up. Like what's going on with your skin? Well, I'm 850 years old. That's something. Mm -hmm. And I've been here and my, I know I don't look a day over 849, but I'm actually 850. And you know what? I'm fine with it because I'm like a fine wine. I age and my skin ages and then I shed it and then I'll be back. And I'm a nice, you think of me as a lizard. I just keep going on. Isn't it pretty? I love it. <laughs> So again, you know, that was very short, but I can't, I'm laughing because imagine that if someone's making fun of your child or your tween and they are literally able to do that. Did you hear that? So we normally do the role plays where we show you the before and then we do the after, but this time we did the after, but let's do the before, Ed. Okay. Let's do, let's say that you don't do that. Okay. okay? We can do the same All one right. or a different one, whatever you want to do. Let's do the same okay. one. Round two. Hey, Ed, what's like, what's, I didn't want to say anything, but what's up with your skin? Not like looking so great lately. Oh, Ugh. I have a, um, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I guess, I guess it doesn't look very good. I, I, um, I mean, you look like you aged a few years. Like it's really, like, do you need to go to a dermatologist? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of, it's hard to look at, you know? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, it's okay. I'm having a hard time. What can I tell you? Uh, I don't know. I mean, they have these hats that they sell where you can like, you know, those like bee masks. You can just cover the front because I'm not sure I can look at that all day long. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. All right. I heard you. I heard you. Yeah. Ugh. Loser. Okay. That was terrible. <laughs> it felt so mean. <laughs> you did I'm a good sorry. job. No, it's fine. <laughs> No, we're illustrating the point. But the thing is, you know, in that way, you can see that a kid takes that in. 
And then that's oh, the whole yeah. day. And then that kid goes on and carries that stuff within them. That kid is now ingesting all of that. So now that kid's saying that to himself. You guys, I have memories of being in seventh grade. I have talked about this before. I have m- several of them that have stuck with me until now. I'm in my mid 40s, you know, until now. I remember exactly the words that were said to me. And I just like left there, you know, like that. Yeah. Because I was, I was never taught these skills. Yeah. Yeah. No, these aren't skills that we, you know, by and large, that people, that people, and people certainly don't think of. And I think this term bullying has really taken on another thing that, I don't know if you have that clip, but another thing that Brooks talks about is how we use the word bullying as a catch-all term. And what you want to do, it actually makes it worse, makes it bigger. What you want to do is find out exactly what happened. You weren't, it's not bullied, it's what happened. Well, they told me this and I felt that. Okay, well now we can now we can look at it and we can make a different plan. But it's not not everything is bullying. Not everything has to go under the umbrella of bullying. You need to kind of take that lid off and tell me more about what exactly happened and what what it was and how you felt. Absolutely. And I actually think that that segues beautifully into a final clip that I want to play from Brooks, which is, you know, me asking exactly that question when pe- when kids are aggressive what exactly do you do and what exactly is aggression? So let's hear what Brooks Gibbs had to say. Well, what happened? That's all you got to ask. What happened? And don't let them use the word bully or bullying. It's not helpful. It's like the word abuse. I mean, it's a subjective term. It's a pejorative term. It, it, it means everything and nothing. So we need to know what happened. And there's only four things that could have happened here. Either someone says something to you directly or they did something to you directly. It could be a push or a shove or a gesture, someone flipping the bird. Or the third thing is they said something to someone else about you. And the fourth thing is they did something with someone else without you. So that's like exclusion, you know? So you ask what happened? Did they say something? Did they do something? Did they say something about you? Did they do something without you? If we can train teachers to get to the specificity of what happened, we will, re- we will keep the aggression in its proper size. But as soon as you were, use the word bully, you escalate hostilities, you raise anxieties, uh, you are using a legal term, which means you're uh, judging uh, a perpetrator, you're, you're, you're separating a guilty bully, innocent victim, you're doing what courts try to do, uh, prosecution and defense, and that's not helpful at all. I like it. I like it. That's very, very well said, that getting it to its proper size, how many things in life when we talk about anxiety or emotions or thoughts, how many of them are in their proper size? Not too many. There's just the black and white, bad and good. <laughs> this right, is bad. Right. You know, but right. something happened with a bully. I love what he is talking about because that word has become like, you know, those, um, what are those little devices, the little alarms that people used to carry. It was kind of like pepper spray, but it was just a really loud noise. It's almost yeah. like when you say the word bully, like the alarm has gone off and everything shuts down because schools have, and obviously I understand the intention behind it, but they have no bully, you know, no tolerance for bullying, no bullying policies. You get expelled as soon as, you know, someone is determined to be quote unquote a bully. And so it's really not helping anybody. It's not helping anybody because you're not figuring out what happened and it probably will happen again, right? And I love what you're talking about, 
getting things to the right size. And you can only do that if you're willing to dive in and figure out what happened. Yeah, because these things are part of living, right? They're part of being a human being. They're not one way or the other way. They come up because we're human beings. So yeah, somebody got hurt. There was an intention. There was not an intention. There was a thing. You apologized. You agreed with them. You think about it in terms of winning and losing. It's not the end of the world. And the problem is, is, is some of these things are so extreme, they're so blown up, that everything is bullying or everything is abuse. And it's not. It's just an issue that came up. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm not trying to like, you know, say that there aren't things that need attention. But what we are trying to say is these are skills to be practiced and used, and you can use them at any time. You can call it victim-proofing. You can call it emotional resilience. You can call it whatever you want, but it's something that you can, it's something that you can actually practice. So it's not a theory. It's not a study. It's not a scientific experiment. It's actually something that you can practice in your everyday life. And that's where we need to come to with all of these, with all of these tools, all these skills. As I'm doing right now, too much talk, not enough practice. So teach us something about what you did earlier in the role play when I was coming at you and saying your skin looks terrible and you're like, oh yeah, I'm 850 years old. I mean, you were making me laugh, right? Well, now, the first you thing is- are a natural is, and a trained comedian. So, yeah. you know, not everybody is like that. So teach us how to do something like that. Agree with what's being said. Even Just if you agree don't agree? <laughs> even, yep. if you, even, even if you, if don't, you don't want to agree, even if it kind of hurts no. your feelings, you agree? You agree- but you go into it with this idea of this is a game and I am going to make people laugh in my life. And I know that what he's saying or what she's saying is not true. So it's a game. So the game that we play is I can be better at it than you are. I'm even going to be better. You're making a comment that's supposed to hurt me. I'm going to go farther with it. Because I can exaggerate just as much as you can. This is an exaggeration. It's not a fact. It's so your opinion. So the first thing you said to me, I said, your skin looks terrible. And you said, yeah, I'm 850 years old. So that is, so that's a technique, like a huge exaggeration. It, that's exaggeration, okay. right? I'm okay. going to exaggerate it way out of proportion because you're already coming with something that's really, you know, that's, that's kind of extreme. The way you, what you're saying to me is extreme, you know? And, and, and it's really so, so it's improv, it's improvisation. You're saying yes, and you're adding something extreme to it. I'm blowing this up out of proportion because it's already out of proportion. There's no, you know, there's no, there's nothing good can come of me coming up to you and saying your skin looks terrible today. There's nothing good that's going to happen from that. So why not go with it? Right. So what happens, like, talk to me about why you agree. So if, if we had gone in another direction where you said, no, it doesn't, then what happens at that point? Well, if I, I say, say your, no, skin, it your skin looks terrible and you're like, yeah. no, it doesn't, then I'm. No, it doesn't. And yes, it does. And what do you say? Well, it work, no. looks like the worst, the worst. Well, well, no. Well, then no, it doesn't. I don't agree. Well, you're the worst. Well, you're the worst, you know, and, and then it gets into a conflict, right? You don't have to get into a conflict. And if you get into a conflict, you're feeding the other person and the other person's energy is going to grow. So you, now you're in a battle. Just go with it. Go with it. It's more important what you're telling yourself inside 
than what they're telling you outside. So if you say to yourself, I'm a winner and it's a game, then, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go with this. And, and they're trying to make me, maybe they're trying to make me laugh. I'm going to make them laugh even harder. I can be bigger. I can be bigger. I'm not going to get smaller. I'm going to get bigger. Ooh, I love that. So our mission for you guys listening this week, and by the way, for those of you who have gone to gozen.com forward slash Dear Anxiety, and you've gotten your free printables from our new season of Dear Anxiety, we're so happy. So thank you for going there and getting your printables. Our mission for you is that in this next printable, we want you to be able to practice the yes and Try a body part, okay, that you have have had sensitivity over in your life. Everybody has one of them. Sure. And try to practice what Ed is teaching with the yes and, you know, and you can do it in writing. Can you do it in writing? I don't know. I'm making that up. Ed, can you do it in writing? You can do it in writing. And just go crazy. Exaggerate it. Go big. Go big or go home. No, I mean, really, go big and play with it and play with it. Have fun with it. Draw a picture of it. Send it to us. If they send us anything, Rini, if they want to talk about anything or send it, where do they send things to? They can send it to go at gozen.com and we get lots of stuff that you guys send in. We love it. And then just put the subject line, Dear Anxiety, and we will get it. And it's amazing. Yes. So we're doing printables, which means we're giving you a little worksheet to make what we're talking about actionable. And we love, again, that people are starting to use them. They're totally free. You can go, you don't even have to opt in right now. You just go and you download the printable and you print it out and you do it. Yeah. I I mean, it's, it's a great, it's a great way to actually externalize this, all of this emotional stuff. If you can draw it, if you can externalize it, if you can say it out loud, it makes it doable. It makes you able to practice. And that's what this show is about. This show is about practicing things that will lead us toward well-being or greater well-being. I love it. So Ed, can you tell everyone, you know what, why don't I tell everyone? Let me, let me take on this role this week. You're so much better at this. Yeah. (laughs) So listen, I want you guys to watch this summit, the Confident Child Summit. So go to confidentchildsummit.com. And if you're listening to this podcast episode as it's released, then, then this event is coming up. If you're listening to this podcast episode, After it's released, that's okay because the site will still be there and you'll still be able to see how you can watch the interviews. But right now, it's going to be free March 3rd through 6th, 2020. And let me tell you that we run five of these interviews a day for four days. And there's no way, obviously, that you can watch five interviews a day. Nobody can, right? But even if you catch one interview, it can create a positive shift in your family's life, in your student's life, in your own life. So please join us at confidentchildsummit.com. We have 20 world-renowned confidence and resilience experts speaking for free. It's super awesome. And also go to gozen.com forward slash dear anxiety, get your printable for the week. And finally, we love your feedback and your reviews, which you can leave us on iTunes or anywhere you listen to the podcast. So iTunes is bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash Dear Anxiety. And of course, we're on Stitcher and Google Play, etc. We love your feedback, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Yeah, and I want to just say, and it's not a, it's not a challenge, but I just want to invite people to share the podcast with one person. 
share it because we're really trying to build a community here. Let's build a community of resilience and let's learn these skills and practice these skills together and talk about it with each other. Let's let that be the conversation. I practiced this, here's what happened. And we can share that with each other and we can support each other in this, in the process of feeling better, feeling happier, being well and teaching others the same thing. This has been a, a really interesting show. Brooks Gibbs, look out for him. Very interesting guy. What I love about what he does is that he acts it out. He makes it active. And that's what emotional resilience is. It's an activity. So keep coming back. It works if you work it. I'm Ed Krasnick. I'm Rini Jane. See you next time. Bye, guys. If you sign up for it at ConfidentChildSummit.com, these are the kinds of things. <laughs> Can you say it again? I'm sorry. ConfidentChildSummit.com. You must be confident that you're signing up in the right website. And-